Thank you for listening to our midweek service from Christian Ministry Church. We're praying that this message blesses, encourages, and equips you to build the kingdom of God. And now a message from Pastor Paul Kern. Well, we are continuing our Names of God series, and it has been so good up to this point. Um, One of the things that I want to call attention to in this series that we're doing, the Names of God, is whatever you're facing, God has a name for that situation. And that is why we're doing what we're doing. We want our church to know that no matter what you face in life, God has a name to address that need in your life. I love it when, you know, Moses asked God, you know, what should I tell him, Lord, when you send me? Who who should I tell him that you are? And God says, I am. I am that I am. I am whatever you need me to be whenever you need me to be it. You need me to breathe the bread of life, I'm the bread of life. You need me to be everlasting life, I'm everlasting life. You need me to be water that restores your soul, I'm the water that restores your soul. I am whatever you need. So knowing these names are so important. You know, if you were to call the name of the president, that that name would have clout. That name has clout. Regardless of who the president is, that position carries a lot of authority. That name is weighty. Because it's not just a name, it's what the name represents. It represents the authority of the United States of America. Now, a position that holds an office like that has to be recognized. It's recognized. I didn't vote for the president. I don't necessarily agree with his policies, but if he were to come in this room tonight, I will tell you what I will do. I will stand and I will give respect to the position of the president of the United States of America. That name is to be recognized, revered, respected. Now, if, if you were to call my name at the White House, it won't carry any weight, and they would probably very quickly escort you off the premises. We don't know that guy. We don't know what you're talking about. You got to get out of here. Now, here in our ministry, if you call out my name, you know who I am. You know about me. I mean, there's a little bit of weight that comes with my name. So if we revere and respect the name of the office that the president represents, how much more should we revere and respect the name of the Lord of all the earth? Amen? And so these names that we're talking about, it's, it's because the names represent God. God above all and everything. So this, this is why we're studying these names, so that we can give God glory for his names, and the names deserve our praise and our admiration. You know, we've talked about Jehovah, <clears throat> the self-revealing God. We've talked about Adonai, the master and ruler. In this session, we're going to look at Jehovah Saba. Jehovah Saba, T-S-A-B-A. Jehovah Saba, the Lord our warrior. The Lord our warrior. And the, and the fact is, you know, this name has to do with battles. It has to do with warfare, right? And, you know, if, well, let me just put it this way. All of us have been in battles. Some of you may presently be in a battle right now in your life. 
And that's why this name is so important to us because it's so applicable to where we live. And we have to be able to fight and gain victory in our life over the enemy, over addictions, over moods, over emotions, over demonic influence in our life. And so the name Jehovah Saba, the Lord, our warrior, is who we are identifying with in this session. Now, I don't really think I could do this session justice without talking about David and Goliath. I mean, you know, that is the, you know, that's the all-time best topic when you're talking about warfare or a warrior, David and Goliath. So turn to uh, 1 Samuel 17 with me, and let's kind of dive in this together. 1 Samuel 17, this just illustrates this so clearly about God being our warrior. So 1 Samuel 17, we're going to start with verse 1. It says, The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Soko and Judah and Azekah. Verse 2, Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with a valley between them. Now, the, the these verses are like a scene of an epic movie, right? You know, what I, one of the things I think about would be like the movie Lord of the Rings, and you have these two opposing forces, light and dark, righteousness and evil coming against each other. Or another movie I think about would be like King Arthur, another great movie, epic battles. Now, you just picture this in your mind. Thousands of men in battle array, Tents, campfires, swords, spears, armor, all these men are gathered around and you have this incredible scene with all of these thousands of men. And then we see the Philistine champion. He's introduced in verse four. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Goth, came out the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. Now, I've never met anybody anywhere near that tall, and I don't really know if I want to meet anybody that tall, honestly, especially if he wore a bronze helmet and a bronze coat of mail that weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor. He carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was heavy as and thick as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Goliath stood and shouted and taunt across to the Israelites. And he said, why are y'all coming out to fight? I'm the Philistine champion, but you're only servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. And if he kills me, then we will be your slaves, but if I kill him, we will be, you will be our slaves. And I defy the armies of Israel today, send me a man who will fight me. And when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Now, this is the way they did it. You know, you wanted to avoid casualties of war, so instead of, you know, getting all of your men involved, we'll take a representative. We'll send out our strongest, our biggest, our baddest, 
and you send out your strongest and your biggest and your baddest and those two guys will represent our entire army and they will fight each other and whoever wins, it's like the entire army won or whoever lost, it's like the entire army lost. And that, that's the way they did it back in those days. So, so here we see the scene. But it almost seems really unfair because the Philistines, they have this in their lineage, these giants. And so they send out this giant, and there's not a guy in the army of Israel that is anywhere near the size of this man, the scale of this man. He's just a, a giant of a man. And so he's, he's taunting Israel, and everyone is just so afraid. I mean, they are, they are bound up in fear. Nobody's willing to step out. There's not a man that would come forward. And I mean, there were all kinds of concessions that were going to be given. You know, you don't have to pay your taxes. You can pick, choose any woman you, in my kingdom that you want to marry, so forth and so on. All of these incentives, nobody's coming out. Everybody's scared to death because this giant is there. This enemy is large. This enemy is scary. This enemy is, is taunting. And isn't that the way that it usually is? In our lives, the giant that you're facing appears large. The circumstance seems scary. You know, you get that report, it's cancer. They've got this disease, there's this problem. There's a layoff, there's a, there's a, a downturn, you know, and, and you're facing this. It's, it's scary, it's large, the circumstances, it, the fear, the fear. You know, all you have to do is just watch the news just a little bit. And you'll get fear all in your heart because that's what they push. They're fear mongers. And the more fear that they push, the more they're hoping that you'll tune in. And so fear, it, it, that giant of fear, it wants to lock you up. But, but what I want to do tonight is I want to give you a name. Jehovah Saba, the Lord our warrior. Jehovah Saba, the Lord, our warrior. Now we recognize that this battle that was taking place was a physical battle. There were armies on both sides. There was a valley. These were physical people. They were physical weapons. It was a physical battle. But we also, church, we recognize that the outcome of this battle was influenced by a realm outside of the physical. Now, this is what I want to focus on with you as we have this conversation about giants that we face in our life, because everybody faces giants, and as soon as you get one giant defeated and routed, there'll be another one coming behind him, because Goliath had brothers. But this battle was clearly, clearly, because we know the ending of the battle. David won. This little ruddy, five-foot-five boy with a slingshot and a stone beat this champion. He came out and he defeated him. And I'm so glad that God chose to use David, this little five-foot-five, wet-behind-the-ears, underwhelming person steps out that nobody would consider a threat. I'm so glad God picked him because I feel like I as a person identify more with David 
than I would identify with Goliath when it comes to me looking at myself and facing problems that I face in my life. But, but here's what I want you to understand. This battle was clearly won from another location. This is what we got to think about. This battle was won from another location. The Apostle Paul calls it heavenly places. Heavenly places. And, and we as believers are supposed to live our lives in two places at once. We live our lives in the place of we are in the world. We're doing business in the world. You know, just because we're a Christian doesn't mean that we're not going to face problems. Just because we gave our heart to Jesus doesn't mean that we're not going to face giants. That that's just comes with the territory. But then at the same time that we are in the world, we're not of the world. See, because we, we come from a different location. We come from a different location. See, everything physical is always preceded by the spiritual. I'm going to say that again because that was good. Everything physical is always preceded by that which is spiritual. See, that's where we came from. We came from the realm of the spirit. We came from eternity. This, this place here is temporal. The flesh is temporal. The world is temporary. It's all temporary. But see, we don't come from this place. We come from a different realm. So if you want to deal with the visible and the physical, you have to address it from the invisible and the spiritual. This is how we do warfare. See, as Christians, the Bible says, we do not war against, help me, flesh and blood. David already knew that his fight had nothing to do with this physical human being standing there. Are we seeing this? To totally different. When you get the invisible and the spiritual involved in the physical and the visible, then the visible and the physical has to yield to the invisible realm because the invisible realm preceded the visible realm. It came first. And the, and the entire physical realm is governed by the spiritual realm. That's why Jesus said, whatever you, 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 me, loose on earth will be, help me, loosed in heaven, and whatever you, 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 bind on earth will be bound in heaven. See, it's, it's, it's spiritual. Ephesians 2, 6, it says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So when you face your problems, you have to see your position. Your position. This is so key. We battle on earth, but we battle from heaven. That's how we fight. And that's why it's so important we go into that throne room, right? We go into that closet in private 
And it says that we can enter boldly because of our Savior, Jesus, and his blood that cleansed us. And, and God's wrath has been removed, and now we've been accepted into the beloved, and we can enter in, and then we can begin to do warfare. Because, see, we are members of God's army. We are soldiers enlisted in God's army. Amen? So we have to transfer our battles on earth to the God of heaven because the God of heaven is bigger than anything that we're facing here on earth. He's so much bigger. Jehovah Saba. Jehovah Saba. The Lord, your warrior. Say that with me. The Lord, my. Say that. The Lord, my warrior. See, David prayed that prayer. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters, right? See, it was, David understood that relationship. He, he knew his position. He knew who he was and whose he was. And it changed everything for David. Like I said, we all face giants. Giants are nothing new to God's people. And especially, you know, if you're listening on our, on our podcast or watching on our YouTube and, and you're younger, you're a younger adult in your life, I want you to listen to what it says here. This is for everybody, but specifically because I think sometimes when we're younger, we, we, we just don't have as much life experience. And so we think that what we're going through is so unusual to us, like it's not happening to anybody else. And the enemy wants to do that. It's so demonic because he wants to convince you that you are in it all by yourself, that you're isolated and alone. Isolated and alone. But I want you to hear this. First Peter verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 12. It says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you are going through as though some strange thing is happening to you. I just can't believe this is happening to me. Instead... Look at this, verse 13, be very glad. Mm. Well, you can't be glad unless you read the rest of the verse. <laughs> For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when he is revealed to the entire world. So, if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, Keep doing what is right. And trust your lives to God who created you, for he, he will never fail you. Isn't that good? Well, I didn't say that. Peter said that. And I'm glad he did. Listen, we have to always remember that we have a name when we face giants in life. Goliath loomed large. He taunted Israel every day. See, that's how you know you have a giant in your life. That's how you know. When you look at giants, a giant is anything in your life that looms so large, it controls and influences your emotions. And it could be fear. It could be jealousy. It could be sickness. It could be, it could be anything. It could be the, the enemy using a relationship in a, in a demonic way in your life. It could be an addiction. 
Anything in your life that looms so large, it controls your emotions. 1 Samuel 17, 11 says, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. You ever been shaken by something in life? Well, if you've lived more than about, no, 20, 25 years, you probably have. I remember even when I was a kid on the playground and there was a bully at my school. Bully. I mean, just this big old guy picked on everybody. I was scared half to death of that guy. I was so scared of that guy, and I just prayed, don't bully me today. He bullied everybody. I was terrified of that guy. So, I, so you know, we can even think back to grade school, and we can, we can put ourselves in that moment. We can picture what that's like and that, that feeling. But, but you know, it's, it's very interesting how the world thinks and how the world wages war. You know, as I look at this battle and I think about the Philistine army, the, the Philistines sent out their largest and strongest man armed to the teeth. That's who they picked. They looked at appearance, it is at face value, okay? This guy, he's huge, he's intimidating, he's got all this armor. I mean, nobody's going to stand up against him. But then God sends out this little five-foot-five guy with a slingshot. I mean, it's just so different how God does warfare and how the world does warfare. And I, and I think it's so important that we see this huge contrast because I think so often when we're in a battle, we tend to focus on ourselves and the giant that we're facing Instead of focus on God, who is in between us and the giant. And it's so easy to do that. I mean, I think we're all guilty of doing that. But we've got to see this. I love what David says in 1 Samuel 17. Turn, turn there with me. 1 Samuel 17, verse 36. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, the lion and the bear that David defeated, since he has taunted the armies of the living God. Now, Goliath, he's over nine feet tall. David is 5'5". Five, five. <clears throat> the king and the entire army of Israel, they're looking up at this guy. They're like, this guy is massive and I'm sure they're all just looking at each other going, look 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 at this guy look look at him but but David David's not looking up David he's like he's looking right about there this guy's not circumcised has it has anybody noticed why you guys are looking up have, have you looked there instead of there because I don't know if you've noticed, but what I noticed is this guy's not circumcised. This guy's not in covenant with God. We're in covenant with God. He's not in covenant with God. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you've noticed, but the whole Philistine army, none of them are circumcised. Not one of these men that are coming out to face us in battle are under the covering of Jehovah Saba. 
They're not in covenant at all. And my point is this. My point is this. How you are affected by your situation depends on what you're looking at. What's your perspective? What have you chosen to focus your mind on, your thoughts on, your attention on? Because listen, if you look at the giant, you're in trouble. He's going to terrify you. If you're looking at the cancer, if you're looking at the layoff, if you're looking at the relationship struggle and you haven't been able to, you know, bring restitution there, you don't even see the possibility of that, that prodigal being saved. If you're just looking at the problem, then you're going to be overwhelmed and you're going to be instantly defeated. You'll never even draw up to the battle line to even attempt to fight. And that's what the enemy wants to do to us. He wants to keep us paralyzed, in fear, defeated, powerless. See, if you're looking at how big your problem is, you're looking in the wrong direction. See, David understood there was no divine protection on the Philistine side because none of these men were in covenant with Jehovah Saba. The Lord, our, they could not say that. They could not say the Lord, our warrior. But Israel could because they were in covenant with God. See, David knew there was divine protection on his side. And it changed his perspective. The question is, does it change your perspective? As you face giants in your life, as you're facing problems and issues and difficulties, what are you focusing on? What are you meditating on? What are you thinking about? Now here's the key. Here's the key. If you can get your eyes on God, even though you can't miss the giant, it'll change everything for you. But this is what you have to do. You have to get your eyes on God. Now, the enemy is going to want to distract. He's going to use a doctor's report. He's going to use an argument. He's going to use a layoff. He's going to use a failure, like you falling to temptation and sinning. I don't know what it is, but he's going to use anything he can as a subterfuge to get you to take your focus off of the covenant, your relationship with God. And when you do that, you're defeated before you ever start. See, Israel never even, not one man would draw up to battle. Why? Because they were looking at the enemy. They weren't meditating on the covenant. They didn't have a relationship with God like David had been cultivating as a shepherd, watching over those few sheep that he had. See, God's army... God's army is the host of heaven coming to your aid in the midst of the giant that you're facing. That's God's army. It's an invisible army that is composed of angels that are strong and mighty for battle. 
See, that's what we have to understand when we face our giants. We don't face our giants alone. We face our giants with Jehovah Saba at our side. The Lord, he is our warrior. Can I have an amen? Are you talking about your giant? Or are you talking to your giant? Hmm. I think it's really easy to get caught up talking about our giant. This problem, my family, my boss, my blood sugar, my doctor's report, this person, this situation, and we spend so much time describing our situation. As a matter of fact, I think we often spend more time describing our situation than we do using the words of the covenant, the Bible, to change our situation. See, God did not give us his word so that we could describe our situation. God gave us his word so that we could literally change it. God's word is seed. We plant that seed. We cultivate that seed. You watch over that seed. You protect that seed. You water that seed with faith. You fertilize it with thanksgiving and joy. And then you keep the enemy from trying to come and sow tares in the garden of the word that's, that's bearing fruit in your life. And you've got to shoo off the vultures and everything else that's trying to come and, and rob your fruit from you. See, that, that's, that's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy, and, 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 and we watch it all the time. Like right now, right now as I'm speaking, the word's going forth and the enemy's trying to rob it. Distraction. Now, Paul, I, I, you know, I, okay, I, I have to admit, Paul, that's good preaching. I will admit that. That's good. That's good. But, Paul, listen, you don't understand my situation. Now, that, that may work for Pastor Tim. You know, he's, you know, he's the man of God. It may work for Sister Terry and Hetty, but I'm not those kind of people. I'm not one of those uppity-ups. I'm just me. Well, that's why I said I'm glad God picked David. He didn't pick Saul, the king. He just got this no-name, ruddy, five-foot-five shepherd boy who probably stunk, who was just a delivery boy. He was just bringing some cheese and crackers to his brothers. He didn't know that God had a divine assignment that day. He had no idea. And I'm so glad that God chose to use him because now we don't have any excuse. Many are called, few are chosen. It's always been that way. The many and the few. The wide and the narrow. Black fish, white fish. Sheep, goats. But here's the thing. We get to decide. 
And how we decide is whether or not we're going to agree with the covenant. And we're going to let that, that name, you know, one of the names I'm going to be doing in one of my next sessions is a Jehovah Nisi, our banner. He's our banner. He's like that. He's the, he's the flag that we're holding as we go into battle. What banner are you under? It's just a, like a freebie for what I'm going to be talking about. It's like a teaser. Listen, you're in covenant with God. Jesus Christ is your Savior. And God comes alongside you to help you fight your battles and to be victorious. We are more than conquerors. We are victors, not victims. We're victors. Why? Because we have a name. And that name is Jehovah Saba. As I wrap up my time, I want to ask you to just to stand with me. And let's just do this together real quick. We just have a, a minute left. And those of you that are listening on the podcast, if you're driving, don't stand. <laughs> you can listen really, really well. But as I wrap up my time, I, I want to ask you to, to pray with me. Just bow your head. And, and just whatever it is, I don't know, we've all got giants that we're facing. You know what yours are. I know what mine are. But, but I want you to talk to it in the name of the Lord instead of talk about it. It may be your finances. It may be your health. It may be a relationship. It may be a miracle that you need in your life, but I want you to talk to it. And as you're, as you're praying, I want you to remember Deuteronomy 28.7 that says this, The Lord will cause the enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way, but they will flee. I just want you to notice the panic in this statement. They will flee before you seven ways. You talk about panic. So, Father, tonight we thank you that we pray from a position of authority because your name is above every name. We don't pray little piddly prayers, little weenie prayers, little scared prayers. We pray in authority through the name of Jesus. And we take authority over every lying devil, over sickness and disease. We call home every prodigal. God, we loose miracles. We pray for our country to be godly and righteous. And we bind every demonic influence. And we do that under the name of Jehovah Saba, the Lord, our warrior. And everybody said amen and amen in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. 
If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.